Welcome to Berna's Hot Take, where we discuss self-defense concepts, tactics, training, and tips so that if the time comes, you are prepared to defend. On today's show, we have a special guest for you, David Helms of the RV Prepper Podcast. David has spent his time RVing and really learning about some of the pitfalls and then some of the best ways to make sure that you are staying secure and safe while you're out RVing, whether it be in a rally environment or out boondocking. We're going to talk about some of the things that you can do to make sure that you are prepared to defend yourself, your loved ones, and of course, all that money that uh, you probably spent in and around that RV. David, thanks so much for joining us today. Real happy to have you on the show. Sure. Thanks for having us on board. It looks like fun. Awesome. David, first of all, I just want uh, I want you to introduce yourself uh, to Burn a Nation and kind of give a little bit of background about how you got into RVing initially, how long you've been doing it, and, and kind of what's your, you know, what's your preference, what's your style? Sure. Uh, I got seriously into RVing in about 2003. Uh, both my wife and I worked for a major chemical corporation, and we were supplying paint to the RV industry and in the marine industry and the aviation industry. And I... Uh, did a lot of time at the different RV plants. I had been a long-term boater, and when I got rid of my last boat, which was a very large one, well, to me it was large, it was 40-plus feet, I was just like, yeah, I want to go and explore America. I want to see the sights to see, and I want to do it now. So after being in a lot of the plants, I picked up one of the diesel pushers and decided we were going to go on the road, and off we went. And we didn't do it full-time. We only got to travel because we still had school-age children. Uh, but we had travel time. We were probably out 12 weeks a year on it and maybe about another 20 weekends. So we did quite a bit. Yeah, we, we made it our life. And uh, <clears throat> we just like exploring and being away from the pressures of work. You know that. I mean, the phone never quits ringing. And it's just... It was relaxing. It was very relaxing. That's that sounds. That definitely sounds like the life, the relaxing lifestyle. So, uh, so did you? Were you mostly on your own through all of this? Were you kind of following? On? I, I I feel like there's a lot of people that kind of follow rallies or, or part of groups that um, that go do this. Or did you guys really just kind of take off and and see the country as you wanted to? We just took off and saw the country as we wanted to. Back then, uh, you could basically roll up in the any campground and get a spot for the night. It, that's not true today uh, because of the COVID experience and stuff, and it's just really jammed it up. But you could go just about anywhere you wanted to, and it was pretty inexpensive. You'd pay $25, $35 for a full hookup at a, a, you know, a really nice campground, which was not a lot of money. No, I mean, that, that includes uh, water and sewage and all that stuff. So, I mean, that's everything you need. Everything. Electricity, yeah. Yep. And you feel pretty safe in these places. And, you know, we just, we just, had, we just felt good with it. And as we fast forward into it a little bit more, you got to start paying attention to your environment around you, what's going on. Because RVers are a friendly bunch. They like to socialize with any and everybody. And you say, you know, that's really the way we should be. Absolutely. But <laughs> there's those that are out there going to try to take advantage of you and steal everything that you have. And that's kind of the things that happen quite a bit. And it doesn't matter whether it's a state park, national park, a nice RV resort or just a regular RV park, they're, they're going to take advantage of it. And the big, the big place where you have advantage taking care, not taking care of you, but taken of you is when you're boondocking. So explain, explain boondocking for everybody so that everybody, <laughs> sure. that, that sounds like a, it's too close to a boondoggle. So that's a, yeah, well, it can be absolutely. But uh, bo bo boondocking is basically where you go out on your own 
and you use whatever power you have on your unit. You're not hooked up any power, water, or sewage. And it could be on Bureau of Land Management land, BLM. It could be out in a national forest, wherever you can find a place where you can park your RV and, you know, and, and stay. And it was, it's thrilling to be able to do that for several reasons. Number one, it's fun to do. Number two, it doesn't cost you anything. Back then it didn't. Some places charge you a little bit now, but not much. And you didn't have anybody else around you. So you're really and off again, the grid. I mean, that is, that is the uh, quintessential off the grid style of camping. That is exactly the perfect definition of it. And it was, it was acceptable because when we did it by boat, we pull up to a cove somewhere, drop the anchor, and we'd be there two or three days. And what the heck, right? So you do the same thing with RVs. So did you, you know, early on or, you know, throughout when you guys were, you know, obviously exploring the country, were you, was there an experience you had that was, you know, a little bit scary or were you had just an instance where you really kind of brought to light the fact that, hey, there's some parts of this that aren't, that aren't real safe? Sure. And you have to pay attention to it. Like I say, and even the finest of parks and you don't leave anything out at night or when you're not around the RV that you're not willing to let go of because somebody's going to come and say, Oh, that looks nice. And off they go with it. So that's, that's common. It's just that, that little petty kind of theft is wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we had an instance one time where we had somebody come up and kind of was checking our stuff out around the RV and they didn't know that, I was on there, and I was the only one on it at the time. I was working over in Illinois, and I was staying in the RV full-time when I wasn't at work, and I was sitting in there, and he was just taking inventory of everything, and I opened the door, and he found the, the belief in Jesus at that moment, and uh, I was like, what the hell are you doing here, you know? And off he went, took off running. Well, they called him down the road, and he had broken into about five or six different RVs, and I'm kind of like, I really don't want to have my family around a situation like this. But when you're in the People's Republic of Illinois, there's not a whole lot that you could do at that moment. So that's what really raised up my antennas. So let, let, me, let me talk a little bit, if you don't mind me doing this. Um, back in 2019, you hear a lot of people talk about boondocking. Even today, they're coming back to it. There was a couple. It happened down there in Corpus Christi area, down off Padre Island. They disappeared. And what it was, it's a retired couple who had been working at one of the, the uh, oil rig uh, check-in gates. And they'd finished that job, and they were going down to another job in Florida. <laughs> and lo and behold, her, her family called her to have their video chat they normally have on a certain date. She didn't answer. Kind of unusual. So they started checking into it. And they found the couple's bodies buried in the sand. And their rig was gone. And they actually got video of a person and another person inside the vehicle driving across the Mexico border. And they ended up catching them and bringing them back. And they were, they couldn't prove that they killed them at the, at the, at that point. And I mean, it set everybody back on their heels. They had basically done this like four days before their bodies were found. Long story short, just back in last year, last summer, they finally charged them with murder and convicted both of them. And, of course, they're in the house now. But you, these were nice, easygoing people. They don't know why they were selected. There was just an you know, avenue and opportunity. They were boondocking out on the sand at Padre Island. I mean, and Padre's and a says, busy you know, place. It's not, you know, it's generally, yeah. it's generally pretty, pretty. I mean, I live fairly you know, just a few hours north of Padre, and it's not, um, it's pretty well-traveled. It can happen anywhere. 
That's and uh, they. Wow, that's scary. They were just out by themselves, away from everybody else, and apparently they were nice to these people as they walked up. We're all speculating on this now, but uh, you know, but like you said, that's the we, environment. That's just the RVers are nice. They're welcoming. They want to. They want to welcome everybody in, and that's unfortunately you know can. Everybody wants to sit around the fire and enjoy an adult beverage if that's what they're into, and, and just talk about the world and just relax. So I mean, we're not unfortunately. We're, yeah, we're not just talking about you know you know scaring off a guy that's that's rummaging through your stuff. I mean, now we're talking about you know murder. We're talking about people you know ending people's lives over mm-hmm. snatching up an RV or or whatever else their motive might have been. But uh, I mean, yeah, that's uh, man, that's scary stuff. I, I you know I, I've I've known that there's been theft, and obviously there's there's going to be assaults and and all that stuff at that's and the fact that they did this multiple times i mean that's 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 definitely has to as an rver i mean i, I would assume that that's got to sit in the back of your mind you know every time you're setting up and yes. and and you know it's something you, you got to be thinking about like how can i make sure that this doesn't happen to me so so you know vigilance. yeah vigilance. well and that was kind of my next question you know is so when you are, you know, and I know that there's probably 876 things that you you could probably do, but you know, when you are doing that, whether it's boondocking or at a campground or anything like that, what are some of the, um, you know, some of the first things that you think of, like, you know, you say vigilance, you know, obviously just being alert and aware, but are there certain other physical or just kind of things that you can do, uh, you know, to make sure and kind of set yourself up to be, to, you know, to, to, to try not to be victimized at that point? Well, you, yeah, there is. I mean, when I say vigilance, making sure what your surroundings are, spatial awareness, you see somebody coming into your area, whether it's at a camp, whether it's boondocking, wherever you might be, you know, make eye contact. You don't have to look at them like you want to cut their throat out, but you might want to be prepared. Uh, but look at them. So that way you can see them and identify them. And if they're driving by in their vehicle, hey, take a glance at the tag, see what state it's from, see what type of tag it is especially if they're pulling through the campground and they don't have a camper with them. You'd be surprised how, much, how often that happens. And most of the RV parks are really good about stopping them at the front gate before they ever get in there, which is a good thing. But what we like to do is we like to look for where we are in the park, where we are camping, our avenues of escape. If something were to go wrong, you know, whether it's somebody aggressive coming towards us, fire, storms, whatever, we want to know another avenue of escape. And sometimes that avenue of escape will, will be on foot. you got to know. And then you've got to say to yourself, okay, if I was going to go in and take advantage of somebody, is where we're parked right now at just an opportune place to come and pick on them? What, what are some of those? I mean, you know, like you always hear about hotels. I stay in hotels a lot. And you always hear about, quote, you know, murder central in a hotel, the, the room right next to the the stairway, you know, because it's, you know, because it's close for somebody. Is there is there spots in a campground that you look for, you know, more so than others? Like, man, I don't, I prefer not to stay in this spot. Yes, I like, I like staying somewhere in the central part of the park itself. And you say to yourself, well, you're away from the entrance. Well, yeah, but I don't want to stay in the far back. Because, you know, they can come in from surrounding areas. If you're located somewhere in the center, you got a pretty good 360 view around what's going on. Pretty Pay insulated. They got to they gotta get to you, get through some other layers. people to get to you. Yeah. They got to come through layers. And a lot of RVers that are what we call full-timers or somebody that stays at a park for an extended period of time, they're kind of like the Italian ladies that's, you know, out there on the balconies in the Italian cities. They're the, they're the 
best dadgum, you know, alarm is out there. I always, I always told you, people hey, that nosy neighbors are their best alarm system. I mean, that sounds exactly like that. That's what my neighbors call me, the nosy neighbor. But when things go bump in the night, I'm the one they call. But uh, let, me, let me say, you know, what's really interesting, there was a big paradigm shift in, in, the, in the whole RV world, in, in my opinion. Uh, in 2008, if everybody remembers the collapse that happened in the housing market, stuff like that, it devastated the RV market. I mean, it just, you had RV manufacturers going out of business and consolidation started happening and things like that. But when it started coming back up, people had a lot of disposable income. They were like, you know, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it now. So they started buying tricked out RVs. And, you know, I dealt with the manufacturing side of the RVs where everything was from like $35,000 up to $3 million. So, I mean, everybody can be a target at whatever level you want it to be. So a lot of disposable income. And you said it best one time we talked before that when you went and, and spoke at a rally, you had a lot of people out there, you know, between 60 and 70, some older, maybe a few younger, but mostly in that range. You got a ton of money. And the women don't think anything about wearing all their flashy jewelry and everything else like that. So my wife's not a big jewelry hound. Yes, it's cheaper that way. Um, although she likes Agent K's. Uh, <laughs> same thing. Uh, but uh, I don't wear a watch when we're out on the RV. I don't wear any flashy jewelry, clothes, or anything else like that. And if I don't want somebody to know what I have, I don't let them see it. So, But you had these people that had all these things, and they're like, okay, great, we can go out and park here and everything is going to be fine and dandy and I don't have to worry about anything. And unfortunately, you end up getting burgled. You know, they just, they lose stuff. Like, where did I leave that? <laughs> you fool, they walked off with it. But my, my deal with it is we, if, as the sun starts to go down, we close the blinds in the RV before we turn on any lights inside. That way they don't know what we have. Because when you turn those lights on, it's a little dark. It's amazing what you can see inside of those. Uh, man, that, those are those are great, and it's and all that stuff you're talking about is is not you know for, you know so far is is very these are all you know really great ways and just really uh, you know great ways to make yourself less of a target. But also this is also stuff that doesn't take a couple minutes. You know, I mean, you're not talking about you know, building building a you know a moat around your around your RV or you're just literally talking about little things um, you know to check off to say hey I did this this and this that take a minute or so. Um, but really seem to have an impact on your ability to, um, to lower victimization. Sure, absolutely. And, and doing your due diligence and knowing your blind spots of your rig and keeping things locked up. I mean, it's just what you have to do these days. Well, and it's unfortunate. And people I always get the, you know, being in the self-defense kind of spectrum, you always get people that say, well, you shouldn't have to do that. And you're right. You know what? You shouldn't have to, you know, and I wish we didn't have to, but let's be honest with ourselves. We do. And if, if you want to do what it takes to, to keep from, from victimizing, from being victimized, and unfortunately, it, it, that's the world we live in. And you, and you, know, you that, seem that to have a very... spoon and pea camp hire, you know, is what's making me fat. It's all their fault. <laughs> that's, that's exactly Sorry. right. But you definitely seem to have a, a good grasp on, on, uh, on that concept as well. So you've been doing this for, you know, 25 or so years. You know, have you seen, uh, you know, kind of a shift in the way people are defending themselves? Are more people carrying guns? Are less people carrying guns? Is it easier to carry, you know, from state to state harder, you know, over the last 25 years? What, what have you kind of seen on the kind of historic trend as far as how people are defending themselves in the RV environment? I believe more people are carrying firearms. 
And more people that are carrying those firearms haven't had any training whatsoever. So they really don't understand the what is attached to that bullet as it leaves that barrel. And that's the crazy thing about it. And somebody asked me one time, well, how would you set up your camp to be, you know, the most resistant and everything else like that? And I basically said Claymore, tripwires, crossing fields of fires, a 20 millimeter cannons and a vicious attack dog. Sorry, I just couldn't resist. But, uh, and they look at you like, what? <laughs> but you know, the choices are really personal. And when you get to the point, if they have a firearm and if they have to, for, you know, God forbid, they have to let one loose and they miss, RV walls are thin. And you don't know where it's going to go or what it's going to hit. And then there's going to be a plethora of attorneys attached to that, that projectile once it makes its final destination. So it's going to be very expensive. Could mean you've got a lot of time in prison and you might have hurt somebody unnecessarily that was no part of what caused you to start it to begin with. And being a student of the gun for more than 50 years, that was a sobering effect for me. And you just, I mean... And they say, well, I'll just use, you know, mace or, or pepper spray. Yeah. Have you done that inside of a closed box? Go for it because it's going to be miserable for you. Concentrated, if you could do that with a gel or some things that like what you have, uh, that's, that's different. And then one guy said to me, well, we'll just use a baseball bat. I said, oh, cool. You got a, you got a glove and a ball with you? Well, no, why? <laughs> okay, well... You're going to be in a world of hurt from doing that because that's going to be the same as murder by a firearm. I said, same thing holds true with a golf club. Yeah, you, you know, I keep hearing stories of, of you know, different states. And, of course, RV, and, you're, you know, you're going anywhere. Like you said, you're in Illinois or you're, um, you know, in the middle of America. But I've heard stories about, oh, yeah, my attorney said I have to carry a ball and a, and a glove if I'm going to carry a bat because that, that would be considered, you know, arming myself you know, just like you said, like a, like a firearm would. And, I'm, and you know, it, it, to me, that's, that's obviously a, a very foreign concept to me living in, in a place where that's obviously not the case, but, um, but you're absolutely right. It's, uh, you know, you, you have to think about that. You have to consider, you know, that the secondary and tertiary effects of, of my choices to do that. Um, and you're, 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 man, you're spot on about the, um, about, that bullet over travel. When I was out at that last rally, you know, I mean, there's, I said there's 300, 350 coaches there and they're parked. I mean, they're 50 coaches long, you know, with 10, maybe 10 feet of space between them. If that, maybe, you know, maybe. and these walls yeah. are, uh, you know, aluminum or fiberglass. <laughs> and I, and I thought to myself, I, I thought the exact same thought that bullets going to travel through. I mean, I don't know, 10 of these, you know, depending on where it hits before it, before, you know, and, and each one of those is a chance to hit somebody else or hit another family or, you know, something, you know, and that's just, man, that's a, that's a, sure. that's a big undertake. You know, we, we talk about being in law enforcement for as long as I have, you know, that the national law enforcement hit rate um, for guys that are trained, you know, that are, that are trained to, to, to shoot uh, is about 43%. So it's less than half of all shots fired are going to hit. Uh, so when you look at somebody that's not trained, like you said, that, that people just aren't getting the, the training that they need. I mean, now what are you looking at? You know, so, man, that's a, that's a, like you said, that's a very sobering, uh, a very sobering thought to think, man, I, I really am rolling the dice um, if I'm, if I'm shooting in, in such close quarters like that. Um, man, that's, that's absolutely. So, so, yep. so you were recently introduced to, to Bernard not too long ago. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and obviously you contacted me and we, we, we had some conversations about, you know, how burning can fit into the, the RV system. How, you know, with, with your knowledge and what you know about burning and whatnot, how do you feel, um, you know, what's your, and especially being a gun toter, you know, being a gun toter, wherever you're going, you and your wife, obviously being, you know, so well-trained and, and, you know, for so long with, with firearms, how do you, do you feel burning has a place, um, or less lethal force in general, um, you know, has a place in those environments, and 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 you know, is it something that that you know your average RVer can benefit from? Every RVer that can use a finger like this has a place for a burner on their rig. Period. Underline exclamation point. And that the reason being is you're not going to penetrate through walls with it. If you don't want to use the pepper ball inside of your RV, you need to have a hard kinetic ball that you can sling at them. Okay, two or three of those, and somebody's not going to want to deal with that. They're going to get the heck out of that RV. It's like, why did I ever bother coming in here? And you've not broken any laws of the state that you're going through with that burner. And we were talking about Illinois. When we're out RVing and everything else, uh, our heads do not rest on a pillow overnight in Illinois. Because if I did that, I'd be breaking the Illinois law with what we carry with us. So we travel through Illinois until we get to another place. So, I mean, Berna, I wouldn't have to worry about that. And you, I mean, you hit on a point just there and that like, I, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know the intricacies of the law that well. Um, and I, and I've studied law for a long time and I can't imagine having to, you know, decide, oh, I'm going to travel through four states and then having to, to read the entire regulation to understand that, to understand that like, look, we can travel through it. But I can't stop, you know, that's, who's, I just, it's, it's unrealistic to expect people to do that. I agree with you wholeheartedly. There should be national reciprocity, but we know that's never going to happen. I, not in our lifetime. I, I, not anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. But Berna, I mean, when I start thinking about that, and Rhonda and I have had long discussions about this, and we're like, holy cow, we don't have to worry about wall penetration. And it's just, the collateral damage to it is nothing. Now, can we break a window with it inside the rig? Maybe. Maybe not. Depends on, you know, your angle you're shooting it, right? So what's the, what's the price of a window? 300 400 bucks. That's a lot cheaper than, you know, $2,500 an hour with an attorney. I think the education of getting out in front of people and talking to them about it and putting it in their hands and off they go with it, they'll say, this is the solution I want. Now, folks, I'm not being compensated by Burner whatsoever about this. They've not asked me to do this. This is my opinion and the opinion of that or the RV Prepper podcast, I think this is a great solution for people that do not have the dexterity or the wherewithal to handle a regular firearm. Do you think that, I mean, it, it, well, like you said, I mean, that even those that are carrying firearms, um, like, like yourself, you know, is it providing a good balance? Is it, is it something that they should have in, in, you know, subsequently too? Absolutely. Because if we're in a campground where we are, a state park, national park, and we've locked the stuff in the safe because we know we're not allowed to have it in that area, but we're traveling, right? So you got it locked up, but you know, what are you going to protect yourself with? Well, Berna's our choice is what's that's going to be. And we're just kind of like, here we go. We got this covered and it, it's better than, to me, it's better than a baseball bat. Uh, <laughs> definitely has more reach than a baseball bat. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, it does. So. You know, I've got a funny story kind of go with this with everything. We had a friend that we were taking some self-defense uh, defensive classes in Minnesota. We were living there to keep things up and different techniques. And when you quit learning, I mean, you just go stupid on things. Jack was a great streetwise self-defense. 
I mean, guy, he was just wonderful with it. And he said something one day that, you know, his, his, his jewel is what he calls IDTs, improvised defensive tool. And he held up a lint roller and I laughed at him. All I can say is it took me several weeks for the bruises to go down where I could move my arms and everything else because he about beat me silly with a lint roller. And I want you to think about that for a minute. You, you can whip that lint roller pretty hard and then you've got two points of contact on either end of it. So I was like, yes, Jack, thank you very much. You'd be surprised how many lint rollers we have. You know, they're dual purpose. You know, you always want to look good. Amen. Be able to defend yourself. <laughs> and it's uh, it's all about having force options. You know, we always talk about it. It's always about having options. And, and I'm all all for, uh, you know, all the options that you can have. So that's, yeah. a, that, that's a great one. David, uh, man, I can't thank you enough for joining us and really just kind of giving us a brief overview and enlightening us on some of the, um, you know, some of the, the, the intricate aspects about RV safety and about things you can do, man, such great advice about the little things that you can do to make sure that, uh, uh, you know, that, that you do what you can do to protect yourself. I, I invite everybody at Burning Nation, whether you're RV or not, especially, I know we have a big crowd of, you know, of, of RV enthusiasts and part of Burning Nation. Go over to David's podcast, the RV Preppers podcast, correct? Available That's on correct. Available on, on all major platforms. Man, it's got some... It, Great information on. I uh, just give them the give them the the, the quick elevator pitch on on what, what well, they can find on the show. Cover things from from maintenance that we do on on the RVs, how to get ready for your trips, uh, how to follow the gun laws in different states, and the type of books you need to have to keep you in the straight and narrow on that. Uh, what to look out for, you know, as far as danger in your area, and that's what I always end the show with. Look around, look around. Dangers everywhere. Do everything you can to thrive and survive as you travel across the country, and it's it's a strong statement to me, and it really makes a big difference for a lot of people. So we cover about 27,500 members right now, and that's over 12 countries. So I, I invite everybody, go over and listen to that podcast, some great information uh, about, just like David said, so that you can make sure uh, and, and do it, what, what you can to make sure that you can thrive and survive while traveling across country. That's such a great and poignant way uh, to put that, David. Thanks again. I appreciate it. You've been wonderful. Burner Nation, make sure you subscribe uh, to keep hearing this podcast on all major platforms, uh, including Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeart, Google, uh, and some of the other ones as well. And then subscribe on our YouTube channel uh, to make sure that you are keeping up on all the latest updates, everything we're coming out with, and of course, the notifications for new podcasts so that you can do what it takes to make sure you are prepared to defend. 